We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. Good morning. I'm Catherine Zox. I am your social worker with the microphone on Voice America Women's Network. And joining me this morning is my co-host, Lauren Beller, back from vacation. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I'm good. Back from vacation is right. And you're tan and you're gorgeous, and I'm on vacation next week, so eat your heart out. Oh, good for you. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're back because we have a fabulous guest today, and he's going to be on for the full hour, and I know you wouldn't have wanted to miss this one, but it's John Gray, the John Gray. I'm so excited. I, I know. I think this man is brilliant. I know you do, and I know you are one of, that he is one of your favorites. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's great. So he's going to be talking to us. I think he's in D.C. right now. But John is, for those of you who don't know, which would surprise me, but he is author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And now he's written a new book, Why Mars and Venus Collide, Improving Relationships by Understanding How Men and Women Cope Differently with Stress. Which I think, I don't know about you, Lauren, but I sort of know that intuitively, but I've never known what to do about it in terms of my own relationship. <laughs> Perfectly so, said. The timing is good. I've divorced. I've had a partner for 20 years. Hey, it is time for this book, right? Perfect anyway, time. Yeah. Well, John examines how traditional male and female roles have evolved, which we know, how these changes have increased stress levels in our lives, and I've seen it happen over the years, and how they affect romantic relationships. And because changing roles, sex roles have changed over the last hundred years, unless we, and they have severely increased stress in our lives, um, he explains that men and women naturally react differently to stress in very different ways. And if we don't understand how those, what those ways are and how they affect us, we're in big trouble and the battle of the planets will truly begin. So let's welcome him to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, John. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Yes. You know, I think I missed you. I'm doing, I do my show in Albany, New York here in my studio and I think you were up here in Clifton Park a couple days ago. I just uh, was there. Yeah. Was it great? <laughs> it was wonderful. Big turnout. Wonderful audience. Fantastic, yeah, because you have a lot of fans up here, and I know a lot of them. But anyway, okay, so why Mars and Venus collide? Uh, women and men handle stress differently. We know that. Somehow we know it, but we don't know what to do about it. I think the first question I want to ask you is, what about the difference between men and women? Who's under more stress these days? Is it women or is it men? Well, clearly, uh, women are under more stress, and uh it's it's hard to determine that except if you just measure hormones in the body and there is a stress hormone called cortisol and at the end of the day when a man comes home his cortisol levels drop which means he starts to relax and as a woman enters her front door her cortisol levels double it's like she's now on double double duty and her stress levels go up because there's an urgency of too much to do and not enough time all right, so what do we do about that? Okay, women, I think, and you you talk about that in the book, women have taken on sort of these double roles as roles have changed, men and women. Uh, men are working, women are working, but women are working both inside, in the house, and also they have jobs that support the family. Is this one of the causes for, for, the, for the stress between men and women? Yes, and I don't want to imply that men don't do anything in the home. 
men do lots of things. You know, computers break, the roof needs repair, you know, the yard needs mowing, various things that men do. But most of the maintenance sort of routine jobs women do. And it used to be that women had, you know, sort of the, the role of, of homemaker in terms of keeping everything organized and nur- everybody nurtured and fed and clean, so to speak. And now there's not enough time to accomplish that task. And women feel that pressure. And what's what's unique about this book, it's based on recent research in the last few years, has shown that hormonally women have different reactions to stress. And then we're going to go into how our brains are really hardwired to handle stress differently. But my favorite part of the book is just understanding these two basic hormones, uh, testosterone and oxytocin. When a man is under stress, if he can produce testosterone, his stress levels will go down. When a woman is under stress, if she can produce oxytocin, her stress levels will go down. And what stimulates oxytocin is communication, romance, cooperation, collaboration, commiseration. These types of activities in a non-pressured environment will stimulate oxytocin. So, John, that's in complete opposite of what what calms a man down, or at least the men I've been with. I'm that's right. That's right. All right. Testosterone is risk, danger, urgency, competition, goal-oriented, reward-oriented behaviors. Reward, interesting. this is interesting, which is if I do something to get paid, that stimulates testosterone. If I do something just to nurture and I'm not thinking about me or getting paid, then that produces oxytocin. could be the same thing, but what you do it for determines what hormone it produces. So women do well when they volunteer for things. That Absolutely. When they're, when, when they're in a friendship situation, when they're in a nurturing situation. So, so if women are in those environments, they will stimulate lots of oxytocin. And for literally thousands of years, women spent most of their day in that type of an environment. And that has dramatically changed in the last 30 years and even more dramatically in the last 10 so how, John, do we translate that into good relationships for men and women? I mean, the way you're describing it sounds like the things that stress women out and the things that stress men out are very different. Those hormones that we release that are calming for women, the oxytocin, require very different behaviors than men, which stimulates the right, testosterone. Right. So we're left with this what? It seems yeah, it seems like there's no solution, but there it is. Does. That's what's so exciting about this yeah. book, and that is, there there are traditional things that women did to stimulate oxytocin. And you'll see that there's an interest that women have over the last 30 years in certain particular things that are actually behaviors and activities that stimulate what we'll call massive doses of oxytocin to balance out a a day where she's producing lots of testosterone. And let me say this correctly. It's not that stimulating testosterone in the work environment is just as exciting for women as it is for men. Testosterone stimulates endorphins in the brain, and both men and women feel good accomplishing and achieving. So progress is a good thing. But we have to keep in mind that for men, when their testosterone levels go up, their stress levels go down. And for women, their stress levels don't go down. Now, what can make a woman's stress levels go down, though, is if she does certain behaviors during the day that will stimulate high doses of oxytocin. And those three behaviors, and they come in this this direction, and they tend to be the prime areas of complaints that women have about their relationships. Because a good relationship, a loving relationship, can be a foundation of removing the stress that her workday will will cause if she doesn't find that balance. If she has lots of balance, the workday is not even going to cause a whole lot of stress. And those three areas are 
uh, romance, communication, and getting help in the relationship to do domestic chores, projects around the house. And all three of those areas, as a therapist over 30 years, those are generally the areas where we focus. And without the right direction, women will often focus in the wrong direction because men are so different from them. Women don't know how to get the kind of support or motivate the kind of support they need from a man. They think they know what they want, but it's not what's going to lower their stress levels. And men don't even have a clue as to what women want. No, that's true. <laughs> I'll attest to that. I've had, <laughs> and I'm still struggling with it, and boy, it's been a lot of years. So this book is, is a, a great primer for telling you how to do it. But okay, so we have romance, communication, and getting help. And those are the things that make women feel good and lower, reduce their stress That levels. will dramatically lower stress okay. levels for a woman. If she anticipates coming home to an environment where there's romance, where there's good communication, and where she has support if she needs it, you know, there's always somebody available to help her and support her. Then when she comes in the front door, her stress levels will come down just like a man's will. But let's put this in behavioral terms. You're a psychologist. I'm a social worker. How does this really play out when mother and father have been at work all day, both of them? Uh, she walks through the door, as you say, and she's thinking about all this stuff she has to do when she gets home, maybe yeah. making dinner, taking the kids' places and all that kind of stuff. So how, what, it seems like you're walking into a hornet's nest because you're not going to find romance, communication, or getting somebody to help you do things, are you? Yes. Okay. That's what we can learn to create, and I've now helped thousands of women do this. I teach, of course, every month. Every woman goes home and is able to do this. It's a ma- it's, once she learns the principles of how to do it and, and the right order to do it and the priorities of doing it. But the, the key is to realize that men are very different. They're not going to instinctively do this. And here's the first symptom. To realize what are the symptoms of stress and then how do we remove it. In a relationship, the first symptom of stress for a woman is that, in terms of behavior, is that she will start taking on more than than actually has to be done. She becomes a perfectionist, so to speak. So many women say to me, well, I could ask my husband to go to the grocery store and buy something, but he'll always get the wrong thing, so I'll just do it myself. And so that sense of perfectionism will interfere with her asking for the support of her partner. And Does this have to also, John, have to do with you describing the book, that to-do list women have this whole... Yes, yeah. this never-ending to-do list that women have. The more stressed women are under, the longer that list gets. You know, when a woman's on vacation, which you're just a, your partner's just on vacation, when you're there, your mind starts to empty, and you start realizing, I don't have to do things. I can just enjoy myself. And there is a reality. You come back into your life. There are things that have to get done. But as that stress increases, you unknowingly, without any control, will start feeling a greater pressure to do even more things. So the more stress a woman is under, meaning the more, the more her cortisol levels are elevated, her brain literally becomes more active and thinks of more things that have to get done. So let's take this because we're never breaking a couple minutes. Let's just tackle this one. So what do, what do we actually do? How do we lessen that to-do list and, and not increase it, as, as you say, which begins to happen? The, f- uh, the first step is realizing that your first reaction is often the wrong reaction if you're not getting the results you want. And what women will, when I, when I first talk to women about this, they'll say, well, I need help. I've got all these things I have to do. I need my husband to help. And if your husband, if you try to get your husband's help, you'll eventually lose it. Because if you've got 20 things to do and he takes on 10 things, by the time he's finished those 10 things, he'll see that you've got 20 more things to do. 
And so he loses interest in trying to help out because it doesn't seem to make the woman happier. All right, so that's the formula for disaster. We'll take a break on that one. <laughs> we'll come back to the formula <laughs> we for disaster. We are teasing, success. yeah. You want to know how to, how to overcome this, ladies, why Mars and Venus collide improving relationships by understanding, and that's the key word, how men and women cope differently with stress. And we're talking to author John Gray, Ph.D. You're listening to The Catherine Zock Show with Lauren Beller on Voice America Women. We'll be back in a minute. talk with you not at you we're voice america women's radio network the new face of talk radio i have three children and i've been raising my 16 year old sister mary gallagher and her family shared a two-bedroom apartment with eight people now habitat for humanity is helping her build a simple decent affordable home of her own when we first found out that we were getting a habitat home it was like a dream i kept saying don't anybody wake me up not only is Mary helping build her own home, she'll buy it with a no-profit, zero-interest mortgage to keep it affordable. Habitat came out and built my home, and when Mary started building her house, I wanted to come out and give a hand. We're not just building Mary's house, we're building a neighborhood. There's several more to be built this year, and I look forward to working on each of their houses and seeing the joy of their face when they open the door to their brighter future. Habitat for Humanity. Building homes, changing lives. Support the work in your community. Visit Habitat.org. I feel very blessed. God has answered all of my prayers. We are home. Ladies, are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's Channel. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on the Voice America Women's Channel. And joining me this morning is John Gray, author of Why Mars and Venus Collide, Improving Relationships, by understanding how men and women cope differently with stress. And I guess before we took the break, we sort of set everybody up, John, I think, to... Uh, yes, to understand the problem. <laughs> to understand the problem, what not to do. <laughs> All right, let's redefine the problem for anybody who's just joining us. Uh, Can I go? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, the basic problem is that women are under way more stress than men, and you can now measure this in the body. Women under stress experience twice as much cortisol in their body, which is the stress hormone. And there is another hormone that will counter that, and that's called oxytocin. But to stimulate oxytocin, a woman needs to be doing something she loves to do in an unrushed manner that's nurturing and supportive to others or herself. The same behaviors, if they're done in an emergency manner, will stimulate a different hormone called testosterone. 
And while testosterone lowers stress for men, it doesn't lower stress for women. It may even feel good for women, but it doesn't lower their stress. And the big symptom of elevated stress levels in your body is you run out of energy. You feel exhausted. And what men do when they run out of energy is they take a nap and rebuild their energy. But women's brains are different. Their hormones are different. Women literally can't rest at those times, and they keep moving on with feeling pressured to do more and more things. So women then have that list of to-do things. That This is That's a right. scenario and, that we created and, coming home from work, and then they've got a list for their partners or their spouses to do, and then it just escalates into a, a stress situation that, it, it, both, that they can't cope with. That's right. And rather than the, the relationship being a nurturing environment to help us balance the stresses of the day, which it can be, the relationship fails to do that and often becomes another source of stress. Because often she'll look at him resting and going, why isn't he helping? <laughs> and and what her instincts will tend to do is try to get help in the very and in, in the ways that are least most least effective. And what I'm going to fo- point out here are the priorities of what's the most powerful ways to stimulate oxytocin. So what she can do is to recognize that doing things for herself are usually the last things on that never-ending list. So she never really gets to those things. But those are the things she has to do if she wants to lower stress. And if she has the good fortune to have a relationship, which we're going to focus on a bit more here today, although in my book I do focus on even if you don't have a partner, what you can do to lower stress. But when you have a relationship with a, with a guy from Mars, there's a way to motivate him, to educate him, so that he will help you. And every man, when he loves a woman, wants to do things that make a difference for her. He wants to make her happy. So here's the order. Rather than asking for any help around the house, start in this direction. Just let him be whatever whatever level of help you're getting. Just let it be. And focus on getting romantic support. And literally it means, and this is so counter to what a woman would think, but it's ask for romance. And the way you ask for romance is like an oxymoron. But you basically on Monday you say, honey, would you get tickets to this show this weekend and take me out on a date? Or would you plan to take me out uh, to dinner next Thursday? I'd really love it. I'm just feeling so pressured. Just a real brief comment. It would be so nice if you do it. And men will do it. And if men don't do it, it's because women ask the wrong way. They might say something like, well, honey, do you want to go out this weekend? <laughs> and they'll say no. <laughs> But what if you, you say, want to do, you, well, I don't know, or what do you, yeah. Yeah, you just basically just ask him to plan the date. And he'll say, well, what do you want to do? And you can have, if there's something you know you want to do, you can say, this is what I want you to do. But you plan the tickets, or you get the tickets, you arrange it for me so I don't have to bother. But also simply say, you know, what I'd really like is for you to arrange a date this weekend, and I don't even want to know what it is. You just tell me how, to, how dressy I should get. And he's going to go, what do you want to do? Anything, whatever you want to do. Because if you arrange it and I don't have to arrange it, it's one less thing I have to think about, and that will be a wonderful gift. Yeah, and so what you're doing, John, is just making, you still are making it clear about what you want to do. In other words, you don't want to sit home and watch the football game. You do want to go out, but it's open-ended, but in the sense that, but he still has to make the effort to go and buy the tickets or, and or plan he has it. a task. And men like doing tasks, as you suggested. That's it. They love, they, yeah. they respond well to projects. And women respond well when they anticipate something in the future where they're not going to have to be nurturing other people and they will be nurtured. And that's why romance has always been associated with men sort of planning the date and taking a woman out. What's even more vital when you're in a, in a committed relationship or you're in a marriage because what men will tend to do without this knowledge 
is they'll wait to the last minute and they'll say, you want to go out tonight, you want to do this tonight. And often there's just so many pressures on her that she says, no, i got to get this done and got to get this done. And, and, and sometimes they will go out and that's nice. But what's much nicer for a woman is when she can anticipate in four to five days, six days, whatever, she has a date where she's going to get dressed up where they're going to go out, where she's not going to feel responsible to do anything, and he's going to do things for her. That will stimulate oxytocin throughout the week. Yeah, and I can see how that works. I need, And I'm saying I have to, I guess, reiterate this, but ex-husband uh, used to bring me flowers. Well, I don't, what am I going to do with flowers? That doesn't make, you know, flowers are just a very passive kind of it to me anyway, uh, not romantic. I want it to be, just as you described, do something, plan something, let's go out. I don't care where, what it is, but you need to go and, and make the effort to do that. So, yeah, women need to feel that, that attention on her, and that literally stimulates oxytocin. And that's why we've seen over the last 30 years a greater and greater interest in romance. Uh, there's just because romance is one of the antidotes to the stress for women, to the stress of being in the testosterone ro- world. And it, if we, without this simple intervention, relationships get more comfortable and comfortable, and the man just becomes passive. And that passivity actually lowers a woman's oxytocin levels rather than raises it. And the man has no idea. He thinks he's being so congenial because he'll say, he'll say in the last minute, well, what do you want to do? I'll do whatever you want. And that's not what it is. Or she'll say, let's go to a museum. And he'll say, oh, I don't like a museum. Why don't you just go with a girlfriend? And she'll say, okay, instead of another approach, because museums and art galleries and projects like that, these are all wonderful things for women because they're very oxytocin-stimulating. And it's also nice to be there with your partner who's not groaning about it. And the way that works is you just say, oh, there's a wonderful new exhibit. Would you take me to it this weekend if you get tickets and I don't have to bother? And it'll feel so good. And he says, oh, you know, I don't like the museums and whatever. Why don't you find a girlfriend? Then you just simply say, oh, I could do that. But it's so much nicer when you're there. And I know you're not really into it, but if you're there, I just feel, you know, more special and it's a time for me to connect with you, so I'll appreciate it. And then allow him to grumble a little bit, but once he gets into it and you are enjoying yourself, he will start bonding with you more. And the more a man does things for her in this sort of special, personal way, the more her body starts generating oxytocin. And can I add another one to that list? Because yes. I think this is... <laughs> I, I, my partner, and uh, we've been together for 20 years, but we're not married, and I have figured out now with all of the, the new digital age and computers and, and I have all this equipment and stuff that I don't know how to use, and he does, and he loves to do that problem solving and support stuff that you talk about in the book. He's my support staff for all my equipment. And exactly. He, the minute he walks through the door, I've got a problem for him to solve. It is fantastic. <laughs> That's what I call the emergency man. If women could look to men as the backup system, the emergency man, and men love being that emergency man. And even when he's over there on that couch watching TV and you're thinking, why isn't he helping me now? What you could be thinking is he's conserving his energy for the emergency because men will jump into action when there's a need. And what I'm reframing is the idea of emergency is giving men projects and tasks. But even before we get to doing more of that in the relationship, we want to start creating more romance. And then as that's happening, then we want to start creating better communication. Communication is another very potent oxytocin stimulator. Now, how do we get over, John, that left 
brain, right brain thing where they have actually done studies that show that women just have a better capacity for communication. Oh, absolutely. It's essential for women, not just capacity for communication. It's essential for women's stress levels that she communicate. The amygdala, which is the stress center of the brain, is twice as big in men. And what this shows up meaning, and, and it's wired up to the action part of the brain in a man, whereas the amygdala in a woman is half the size and it's wired up to the emotional part of the brain. So when a man is under stress, there's blood flow to the prefrontal part of the brain, which is for action. For women, there's a blood flow to the emotional part of the brain. As a matter of fact, there's eight times more emotional reaction going on in a woman's brain, eight times more blood flow going to the emotional part of the brain. And that doesn't surprise me. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know, it was always sort of politically correct to talk about that because the way it was talked about is men would say women are overreacting. But really, they're not overreacting at all. They're having a normal Venusian reaction. And women would often say men are just in their heads. They have no feelings. And really, men are having a normal Martian reaction. It's not like he needs years of therapy to get in touch with his feelings. His brain is desired for, designed for action, not to explore feelings. And if men do too much of exploring feelings, they actually become weakened which is what I explain more in my book, whereas women are empowered and their stress levels go down by taking extra time to explore feelings, not from the point of view of solving the problem, but from the point of view of understanding her perspective and understanding her experience and understanding her reactions inside. Now, so, does that go back to, being John, being hardwired, like for the caveman yes, kind of stuff? That's the men had to be out there, something happened, they had to kill the tiger immediately, whereas women are in the cave with the children and nurturing. You hit it right on the, that, you hit yeah. it right on the nail. That's exactly it. And this is even the caveman. I was just down in the... Uh, with indigenous cultures in South America, and you can see it there still. You know where where, we, where they don't have TV or contact with TV. <laughs> you, you'll see the, the the guidelines that they have. Like there's the da- the jungle is the dangerous place. Uh, women aren't allowed in the jungle, and there's the garden, which is the nurturing place, and men aren't allowed in the garden. And they, they have these separate worlds. Now, we're not talking about that now, but this is the world we came from, where we really are hardwired for these different types of activities. And we can now bring our worlds together as long as we respect some of that wiring. We can bring our worlds together, but without respect for it, we will collide. And that's the theme of the book. So when it comes to communication, here's this wonderful way to stimulate oxytocin in women once we get on the same page with this. And I call it Venus Talks where basically a few times a week a woman just takes 10 minutes. Again, it's a project. It's a limited amount of time. Men know the beginning and end. That always stimulates testosterone. He knows it's going to work every time. It's fail-proof. She's going to talk about what's going on in her life for 10 minutes, literally kind of like an email which says, uh, for your information only. You don't have to take any action on it, but this is just to update you on my life. And she does this little update where she talks about things that are frustrating to her, things that are disappointing to her, or things that she's concerned and worried about. So she focuses on those kinds of things that we normally don't bring up in conversation. Somebody says, how are you? We say, fine, but we don't really bring those things up. These are the things that she does just for 10 minutes, and she gives them a little message, which is you don't have to say anything, you don't have to do anything about it, you don't have to fix anything, you don't have to feel bad about it. Just listen and look in my direction. And, and, and after I'm done, you don't have to say anything then, and I will feel better. This is what I've learned that will increase 
my hormone to lower stress in my body, and it will work. It's amazing how powerful this technique is. Yeah, that sounds like a very powerful technique for two reasons, I think. First of all, you both have the same expectation of what it's going to be. It's not like I'm going to just tell you all this stuff that's bothering me, and then he expects, the man expects, well, I've got to fix all of this. That's exactly it. Men feel like they've just been dumped with all these problems, yeah. and, and that's not the case. Yeah, the expectation is that. Short break, we'll be back with John Gray, author of Why Mars and Venus Collide, Improving Relationships by Understanding How Men and Women Cope Differently with Stress. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on Voice America Women's Channel. Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. No! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. JackLelane.com presents Jack Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lelane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lelane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how, three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lelane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Ranisi's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zoff Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Back. Thanks for joining us. I'm Catherine Zoff, your social worker with a microphone on the Voice America Women's Network. And joining me this morning is John Gray, author of Why Mars and Venus Collide, Improving Relationships by Understanding How Men and Women Cope Differently with Stress. And that's what we've been talking about for the past half hour. Um, John and I have been talking about how men and women react to stress differently and how we can support each other. That's really, I think, before we took the break. How can we support one another as opposed to causing more stress for one another because the relationship itself can be a a source of a stress-reducing relationship, not the the relationship itself causing stress. Is that That's exactly it. We want our relationships to lower our stress levels, not increase our stress levels. All right. 
So where are we? And where we are here is that one of the most powerful ways for women to lower stress, and I emphasize this is for women, and if you look at statistics, you'll see there's this enormous amount of therapists now in America, uh, and actually more therapists than doctors and nurses. And 90% of the people who go to therapists are women. Why? Because women will pay to have somebody listen. And, of course, this is a message I give to men. Men, listen up here. This is so important to women that they'll pay to have somebody listen to them talk. And why does that work so well? Because when a woman feels heard, you can actually see this in the brain. The, the, when she's under stress, there's eight times more blood flow to the emotional part of the brain, and it activates her emotional memory, which is twice as big in a woman as it is in a man. It's the hippocampus, and it's much bigger in a woman than a man. It all gets activated because when you're under stress, you want to remember all the things that have gone wrong so you can prevent them from happening again in the future. And particularly, once that blood flow increases to the emotional part of the brain, then serotonin in the brain gets released, washes over the limbic system, and she calms down and realizes everything's okay. Now, if she doesn't have enough serotonin because she's been under stress all day and she's used it up, she has to generate more serotonin. And the most powerful way to generate the serotonin is by talking about the things that are bothering her. So she will start to talk about this. Men don't even have a clue as the importance of just talking about problems because men's brains are designed differently. They don't have so much blood flow to the emotional part of the brain. They don't run out of serotonin very quickly when they're under stress. And if they finally do run out of serotonin, their brains store 50% more serotonin and their brains can make serotonin 50% more efficiently. So, so yes, under severe stress, men may need to talk about their feelings and whatever. But generally speaking, it doesn't help a man and can actually weaken him to talk about problems when the best thing for him is to just temporarily forget them until he can do something about it. So he doesn't understand that for a woman it has great value simply to talk about feelings without trying to fix it or solve it. And with this understanding, men begin to actually listen to women without trying to fix them or, or solve their problems and what automatically grows over a few weeks is men listen for the first time for a full 10 minutes without always trying to figure out what they're supposed to do about what she says. And when a man can listen to a woman for 10 minutes without trying to fix or change anything several times, a whole new level of empathy and compassion develops in his brain so that he is now motivated to give more support around the house. Literally, it's like he realizes, wow, you know, there is an emergency here and I need to do something about it. Because as I mentioned before, men literally don't have the energy to do things unless they tend to be testosterone stimulating or somewhat emergency type activities, things you have to do. do What's the biggest complaint that men have uh, for women or that they complain about in, the, in their partners or in their spouses? Or what do they want? Not well, this about, is this yeah. a very fair question. And, and women will always say, okay, we've been talking about what women want. Well, what do men want? Because women love their husbands. They love their boyfriends. They want to make their partners happy. And one of the biggest problems in relationships today is women trying to do things to make men happy. When women do things to make men happy, they'll start doing it, and after a few years of doing that, then they come to therapy and they feel resentful. They say, I give and I give and I give and I don't get back. And what these women don't understand is that a man would much more prefer a woman do less for him, 
give less to him if she was to remain happy. If she would do more things for herself and be happier, then you, what the man will be happier. So in essence, what I've just said is that the best thing a woman can do for a man is to stop doing so much for him and start doing more for herself. If she wants help from him, allow him to help, but make sure that you use that help so you can now do something for yourself instead of taking that time to go out and do something for somebody else. But, John, it almost sounds like, and, and I don't think this is exactly what men are saying, I mean, they don't want to just leave me alone and I'll be happy, don't worry about me, you know, I come no, home. No, no, from... they want to be a part of your life. They want to help. They just want to feel that when they help, it makes a difference. If you're overwhelmed with so much to do and a man's helping out, it's hard to feel that you're getting much support because you have so many more things you have to do. So what women can do for men, and there are things, of course, that women can do for men, and I'll mention what they are, but they all have to do with acknowledging to a man that he's helpful. For example, a wonderful way to compliment a man is not that you're so loving, but it's that makes sense, or that was a good idea, or that was so helpful for me. That's what men want, is they want to see a response from her that he is successful. But unless he can be successful, then it won't be a genuine response. So I'm not asking women to fabricate fake responses. I'm saying to use the man in your life in a way that he can be helpful without him having to give up being a man, meaning you can't expect him to do things the way women do or be like a girlfriend. That's not going to work. And As you say in the book, and I think this is a really important point, equality doesn't necessarily mean sameness. And I think we get confused with that, especially with men and women's roles and the gender roles. Yes, if we're yes. equal, everything is the same. No, we are... Equal, equality doesn't mean sameness. It may mean differences. It does mean difference. We're all different, and equality means equal respect, honoring people's uniqueness. At the same time, if we expect everybody to be the same, then we're not honoring those differences. And that's what real love is, is learning how to appreciate who your partner is, what their needs are, and taking steps in that direction to support them when we can. Because we love to support our partners, and women have never been taught that the way you support a man is to help him be successful in helping her. That's why men are with women. We want to feel like we make a difference. Women give meaning to a man's life if we feel we can be successful in providing fulfillment for her. So uh, verbally, and we're good at communication, or we're supposed to be, uh, we need to acknowledge. I mean, I think that really, which is what you're emphasizing, you know, when your partner or your spouse does something for you, acknowledge it, say something. Um, and we don't always do that because we're so involved, as you say, in all the to-do lists. Well, one, one reason, for- yeah, one reason women don't do it is they're very involved with so many more things to do. They're feeling overwhelmed. But another reason women don't do it is simply they don't realize how much men need that. See, that's the whole key. Here's, a, here's another oxytocin. And men won't ask for it. That's another part of it, isn't it? Yeah, you don't ask for it if you're a guy. I mean, you, you, you know, when you do something well, you're looking to see what's the response. And men need to hear that response, whereas women ultimately need to share their responses. That's how we fit together so wonderfully. And I know when I say that, so women are saying, no, no, I need more details from him. I want to hear more about his life. I want to feel more connected to him. But I promise you, with, when you start opening up and sharing more about how you feel and a man listens. See, most men don't listen. They're always fixing and solving. But you have to tell him you don't have to fix or solve. Just listen and limit the amount of time to 10 minutes. He really will start to listen in a new way. He will connect with you more and you will feel heard. You'll feel seen. Your stress levels will go down and you'll be very satisfied with that. 
then as he starts being successful in hearing, he will start to share more about his life with you. And, and that will happen. But that's not the main stress reducer for women. The real stress reducer for women is when they feel heard and seen. You know, one of the chapters in the book, which I love, and I've always, it's it sort of resonated with me, and I want you to just touch on it a little bit, is about men and shopping. Oh, so men and shopping is a very fun thing, but it's, <laughs> it, well, you'll see, when I did my early research looking at the differences between men and women, what I what I saw is that women would be in a shopping mall, I, I go shopping, I like shopping, I go and I buy generally one thing, and I'm in and out, and I'm done, and I time myself. You go shopping with your wife? But when I go shopping with my wife, as with other men, it can be very exhausting because you don't know when it's going to be over. You don't know exactly what you're planning to get because she can be very sort of in, in the mode of exploration and discovery. And I'll be with her, and whenever there's a, a chair nearby, I'll immediately want to go sit in it. And it's just literally my body is wanting to recover its energy because if you're shopping without a clear destination and a purpose and an end in mind, you're not going to be producing testosterone. You're going to be producing oxytocin. And while that's enriching for a woman, if she's not in a hurry, uh, it, it can actually exhaust a man. And this is what, again, how we react to stress differently. When men are doing nurturing activities too much, meaning he gets too much oxytocin, it puts men to sleep. Literally, men get tired. Their testosterone levels start to drop with too much oxytocin. Yeah, well, I thought that was an interesting chapter because, uh, you know, Shopping is a big pastime for uh, for Americans. That's what people do on Saturdays and Sundays. And you often see this. You'll see men and women shopping together, supposedly going out, doing something together with the family. And there's the guy. I mean, I've been in women's stores, and I'm sitting. And there's a bench, and you'll see three guys sitting there. <laughs> They're all sitting there. <laughs> They're like clean. And I've been with my partner, and he'll look at me he, ten minutes, and it's like, you know, I can only do this for ten minutes, and then I have to be out of here. That's and right. That's right. We have a limit to how much oxytocin we can handle. Exactly. But <laughs> now, let, me, let me add to this. Okay, yeah, more, more, more techniques here. So another kind of uh, shopping, which my wife and I do almost every Sunday, is we go to the farmer's market. And in the farmer's market, we go to all the little vendors who are growing the food, and we buy the food and so forth. And on Sunday morning, I would love to just actually sleep late. You know, I'm ready to just, I'm really good at sleeping late. <laughs> and, and, and my sense is she'll say to me, do you want to go to the market? I'll go, oh, I'm kind of tired. And she says, I know you're tired. You work so hard. I'd love for you to come. <laughs> would you come? And, and then I say, okay. If she asks, then I will, I find the energy to do it. But if you simply say to a guy, what do you want to do? His tendency is to rest and recover energy if he's tired. But if a woman requests something, that actually gives a man the energy to follow through. And then we go to the market and she, and I have my job. My job is she picks out the things and I carry them and I pay for them. And she says it's so much nicer when you're here because I don't have to do it all. So then I have a role to do. And men want to have a role in a woman's life if he feels it's meaningful. Great example. We've got to take a short break again. Why, why Mars and Venus Collide. We're talking to John Gray, author of Why Mars and Venus Collide, Improving Relationships by Understanding How Men and Women Cope Differently with Stress. John and I will be back in a few minutes. You're listening to The Catherine Zock Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone on the Women's Channel, Voice America.
talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Tired of those fad diets and exercise routines that you don't stick with? Want to find a better way to incinerate fat and energize your life without those worthless pills or gimmicks? Then tune in every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific to Fitness Truth with hosts Zach Hunt and A.J. Roberts. Achieve your weight loss and fitness goals and maintain them for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. That's Fitness Truth, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Did you know your child's asthma attacks can be triggered by things like shower curtains, a blanket, even a teddy bear? I feel like I'm choking. And there are many other things in your home and your child's classroom you may not know about. For the latest information, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Sometimes I... My parents have to take me to the hospital. Help prevent your child's asthma attacks and avoid the emergency room. Call toll-free 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Or visit www.noattacks.org. I don't want to feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. I'm Catherine Zoff. I'm losing my voice. I'm your social worker with a microphone on Voice America Women's Network. Joining me this morning is John Gray, Why Mars and Venus Collide, his new book, Improving Relationships by Understanding How Men and Women Cope Differently with Stress. Also, John, you can go to your website because you've got this great website, newsletter, etc., marsvenus-collide.com and marsvenuswellness.com. Uh, for more information about what we've been talking about today. And, of course, you can buy the book online and at bookstores everywhere. But, John, you do have a chapter in the book. Now, we've been talking about how women and men can can cope with stress and they cope differently to improve upon their relationships. But sometimes we do get into fights, let's face it. So you have a chapter called The Anatomy of a Fight. Let's go. Let's kind of go through that because eventually men and women do end up fighting about the typical stuff, the kids, parenting, sex, money. Uh, I think those are the big topics, yep, right? those are the big topics and yep. scheduling. Scheduling, work, yes. You know, he's working too much or she's working too much and not getting enough attention. So those are, those are the things we're ta- we generally argue about, we have differences about, we have to discuss and decide, you know, who's going to get what they want and we have to make compromises and so forth. 
But generally what happens when a fight erupts is that couples stop talking about what the problem is and they start talking about how they're talking about the problem. <laughs> like you're not listening or you're overreacting or, or they start, you're bringing in the past. You know, we start correcting each other on the way we're having the disagreement. And that's what we have to caution ourselves against. We have to be aware of how we do that. How a man will start telling a woman she should not feel the way she feels. Or a man will start suggesting suggest solutions and a woman will say, no, you won't do that. You know, remember when you didn't do this and this and this. We, we have to leave the past out of it. We have to stay focused in present time. And right, some, so staying on topic is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, stay on the topic and do one topic at a time. Each, you know, that should be the rule where somebody can say, let's stay in present time and let's stay on one topic. And when somebody jumps off of that, they're not to be blamed for that. It's just like, okay, we're off topic, let's come back, you know, because it's, it's normal, natural, people do that, let's stay on topic. And a big, big thing I say in this book, and it takes a little while to really get, to, to explore it, but I'll shortly say it, which is, Try not to bring a, a volatile feelings, strong emotions into a problem-solving uh, conversation. But, John, how do you do that when you've got all of these topics are just the really emotionally, I mean, charged topics? That's the, the, that's money, the beauty. Sex and, yeah. yeah, 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 money, sex, all that stuff. Yeah. That's the beauty of this whole book, which is it provides an alternative way to neutralize the buildup of emotional tension. See, what will happen particularly is when, particularly the woman, but sometimes the man, if, there, if there's sort of this emotional tension building up, building up, building up, where maybe you're feeling ignored or you're feeling unappreciated or you're feeling unseen or whatever, basically your stress levels are getting higher and higher. Then you have a conversation about money or scheduling or the kids or whatever. You're already about to explode, and that explosion erupts into the, into the, into the disagreement. And it's like I could say to my wife, you know, I say, honey, would you pick up my clothes at the cleaners? And, and on many days she'll say, sure. But on some days she says, pick up your clothes at the cleaners. Do you have any idea what I have to do? I say, no, a simple no would be fine. But then she'll go on to tell me for 15 minutes everything she's going through. So it's literally, if you have a need to communicate the things that are bothering you in your life, that, and you don't have a chance to communicate that, then when you're having a disagreement, it's all just going to erupt like a volcano is going to come out and you can't control it. So these, these little Venus talks that I talk about, that we talked about today, where 10 minutes, she has a chance to vent what's going on in her, in her life. She will feel much more connected to him. He will feel much more connected to her so that during the argument, he's actually more patient if some emotions do come up and she has less of a tendency to have strong emotions come into the conversation because she's been feeling heard throughout the week. So it's, it's a, this is a lot of preparation. By doing these, these communication techniques before you're trying to solve a problem, then you're, you're better equipped to then have conversations where you're trying to solve a problem. So I call those Mars talks. We have Venus talks, which is where she talks about her feelings, he just listens, and he doesn't. I mean, this book... And to, to a man who's more on his female side could sound, what? I need to talk. And I'll say, well, that's why you're having all the fights is that you get into your feelings too much. What I have found, while it can sound sort of cold and anti what therapy has been trying to convince everybody over the last 15 years that men need to get in touch with their feelings, what I've found is that when you train men and reward men for listening to women's feelings and not arguing with women's feelings, 
then men actually are able to directly process their feeling, their own stress and their own feelings while she's talking. And men don't even need to do that much exploration and talking about their feelings. It happens automatically while he's listening to her. This you know, is an amazing the word phenomenon. automatic, John, but you know what comes through is, and I think this is important, is uh, maybe some of these talk, all the talks that you're talking about that we need to have with our spouses or our partners. I mean, there can be you could there can be some some planning. It isn't necessarily you know if you're talking about let's take a money issue because that's okay. you know, and you know it does you know as you say don't do it when you are feeling stressed out from a lot of outside activities or things or whatever right. you've been doing. Pick the time, focus. I mean, you have some I guess choice and responsibility in in when you discuss these topics it, it, and how you discuss them. And it doesn't always conveniently lay out that way, and so I have a remedy for that, which is when you're having a conversation that's turning into a conflict and a fight and you're feeling like you're having to raise your voice or you're feeling that your feelings are hurt in any way, then you need to say, this is, this is a, we need to take a time out, or you say the phrase, I need to think about this, or let's just table this for a day and then talk again. Or what I say is, Sometimes I'll say to my wife, you know, I, I can see you have a lot of feelings about this, and rather than try to solve this right now, let's table it, and I just want to hear all your feelings about this. I want to hear what you're frustrated about in this conversation, and I want to hear your disappointments that are behind that frustration, and I want to hear your worries and concerns, and then I want to sleep on it. See, I think that is, I mean, we only have a few minutes less left, and I think that's such an important point, because I think today, uh, maybe particularly today because we want immediate answers to everything, there is that kind of impetus for we have to resolve it right now uh, on both sides, men and women. And I think what you said is really important. We can talk about it, but it doesn't have to be resolved now. Another point you made, like... And let me just emphasize that. The more you feel it has to be resolved now, the more difficult you're going to make the solution. Can it's you go just, to bed? You have to, and you have to. And I know there's been new studies on this, and we've got two minutes left. But that you don't necessarily, you know, you don't go to bed angry. All of those kinds of things, uh, you know, that, that those little mantras that we grew up with. But mm-hmm. um, you can go to bed and have an issue. Or a I problem. agree. I completely agree. You can't just solve everything and tie a knot around it every time. And it, it, your sleep actually has a wonderful effect, and it's a diffusing thing where you can just a guy can say to his wife, "Just let's stop trying to solve it." Let me hear your feelings. Let me try to get it, and let me sleep on it. And then tomorrow we'll find a solution. And you do. Just your brain does amazing things in your dreams if you don't try to hammer out who's right, who's wrong, and whatever. But just hear some feelings about it. Let's sleep on it, and we'll talk about it again. That's such a powerful tool. Well, it's been great talking to you today. And uh, you know, we only had an hour. We could have had two hours. But uh, <laughs> go out and buy. Uh, you know. A, Listeners, go out and buy the book, Why Mars and Venus Collide, Improving Relationships by Understanding How Men and Women Cope Differently with Stress. And we only touched on some of the issues that you talk about in the book. So, John Gray, thanks so much for being on the show this morning. You were completely delightful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great guy. Love the book. What do you think, Lauren? He, he, he just really nails well, it. Can, I, yeah. I, yeah. You know what I think is fascinating about him is how he gets it. Like, how does he get it? He's a man. Yeah, but he gets it. He totally he, gets he, it. He totally gets it. He has, he, he's, he's got a lucky, his wife is very lucky. <laughs> the same thing. Very, like, very lucky woman, and I hope she appreciates it. Me anyway, too. you and I, we have to say goodbye. We'll talk more next week. You've been listening to Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller, and we've been talking to John Gray. And listening to the Women's Channel, the Women's Network. Have a great day, and uh, we'll see you next week.